0: Welcome to the Goalie Hacks Podcast, the show dedicated to
1: providing elite tips, hacks, and strategies to take your game to the
0: next level,
1: where we help you become an elite goaltender, one hack at a time. And
0: now, here's your host, Mike Santaguida. Bang, bang, everyone. What is up to everyone, a part of the Goalie Hacks community? Welcome back to the show. And I'm your host, Mike Santaguida. And as always, what a pleasure. You know, to, to reconnect with you guys, um, you know, we're going to get right into it. But this week on the show, uh, I have the pleasure of being joined by an old friend of mine and someone who helped guide me, you know, just so much along my journey going to college hockey route. Um, and that man is my old spring coach and family friend, Dave Chevrier. Dave is a super salt of the earth guy and, uh, you know, says things how they are. And is responsible really for sending hundreds of kids now to the best preparatory schools in New England, as well as the best junior teams in Canada, and as well as tons and tons of Division One schools across the country now. And Dave and I went down memory lane a little bit and uh, talked about the start of my journey going uh, going down the college hockey route. How he, you know, how he introduced it to me, really. Um, you know, how exactly he helped me get there. And uh, with the goal in mind, you know, to help you guys get there as well. So stick around for the whole episode because we got tons of, of funny little stories and, and little flashbacks from back in the day when I was a kid that, uh, you know, I think you guys will, will love to hear. Um, another big announcement, and I don't know if you heard me uh, announce last episode, but the Neural Tracker X system is officially live to the general public. And we were originally only offering up the thirty or the 30% early bird discount. Um, for the next couple days However, I've gone ahead and convinced management at the company To keep the discount open for one more week To give more of you guys an opportunity to get started On the most scientifically proven visual brain training tool Out there right now to help you elevate your game And we want to offer this discount to you guys uh, For a little bit longer Just because we we truly believe That everyone needs to have access to this system To improve their performance You know, We have 25 kids now who have gotten started and their feedback has been nothing short of phenomenal and I'm, I'm super happy to say that and i'll be sharing all that feedback tomorrow on my instagram page so make sure to tune in to see some testimonials on my page um, But if you haven't heard my story yet with the neural tracker and i haven't said in a while but after receiving laser eye surgery before i went to college um, For my entire freshman year at uvm i had vision issues that i, I just couldn't seem to figure out it was honestly a nightmare um, and I actually had like okay numbers too, um, but but kind of looking back, I wish I would have known sooner. But when I was finally introduced to the NeuroTracker system, uh, not only did it quickly resolve all my issues, uh, but in a few weeks, it dramatically elevated my performance as well. And the following year, after I began using it regularly, I got nominated for the Mike Richter Award given to the best goaltender in D1 NCAA hockey. And that year, I was first place in the entire country in, in Division One hockey for over half the season. And the Neurotracker from there on out proved to be just such a, an enormous part of my success in my career going forward and up until now. So with over 17 years in the business and over 500,000 users worldwide, including in every major sports league around the world, such as the NHL, the NFL, the MLB, the MLS, the English Premier League, top eight rugby league. And honestly, the list just goes on. You know, you goalies can't you, you goalies honestly can't afford to pass up this offer while the new and improved VR compatible system is still cheap. And because we want to get this new and improved product into everyone's hands, you know, to help them increase their performance to help you guys, you goalies. Um, as I mentioned, we're doing a thirty percent off sale right now until the beginning of next week. So you guys have one more week to take advantage of that. But we're offering the software for less than a quarter the cost of the Arena Sense right now. And with 10 times the scientific evidence to support the product claims um, in increasing your performance on the ice, I don't even know if there's any specifically toward the, the Sense Arena right now. It's such a young product. And the Neurotracker has been around for so long. So for only $300 right now and, and for a limited time, you can get access to the Neurotracker whenever you want. As long as you have an access, as long as you have access to a laptop, access to your account and information anywhere over the cloud, and, and do as many sessions as you want, as well as have access to specific goalie hacks protocols that are being specifically built for ice hockey goaltenders like you guys. You only get access to this through my organization. And once the discount is done next week, the price is going up to $425 for good. And because we just we just can't keep such a great product at such a low price any longer. However, take advantage of this offer while the discount lasts because we won't be doing this again. So if you want to get started today, head to the link in the show notes to purchase the software and get glasses sent to you right away. Or head to the link in my Instagram bio as well. Or hit me up directly either by DM or email for more info. I know you guys won't be disappointed. But without further ado, let's get into this week's episode. I know you guys are going to love the chat dave and i had today hello everyone and welcome to this week's episode of the goalie hacks podcast today on the show i have a dear old friend of mine and someone who helped me discover that there's a whole other world of hockey out there other than where i grew up in southern ontario and canada he's the gentleman that showed me that prep schools even existed and he's the one who really put me on the track to go the college route that man is dave chevrier Dave is the founder and owner of the North American Screaming Eagles, which is one of the most reputable pre and postseason organizations in all of North America dedicated to helping kids get the exposure uh, at the next level. He has been the Eastern Canada and New England scout for the multinational championship, number one ranked team in tier two junior A in Canada, the Brooks Bandits for years now winning several championships with the team. He's just incredibly connected in the New England prep school circuit and has been involved with sending dozens and dozens of players and goalies alike to Division 1 schools, the top prep schools in New England, and some of the best junior teams in Canada for decades now. I trust Dave of my life, and I couldn't be happier to have him on the show to reconnect today. Chevy, how you doing, man? Thanks for coming on the show, buddy.
1: I'm doing exceptionally well, and it's an honor and a pleasure to be here with you on the show and just want to say thanks again for putting up with all of my technological struggles in order to get us where we are at this very point in time.
0: <laughs> no, it's all good, man. We had to we had to battle a bit to get this one going, but uh,
1: yeah, we sure did.
0: Yeah, I know a lot of people are probably wondering, you know, who who's Dave Chevrier? And Dave is not an over-glamorous social media kind of guy. He's not in the newspapers, um, but he's one of those heroes in the world that doesn't wear a cape. And is one of the best leaders I know still to this day. And honestly, Dave, like what a blessing, man. You know, obviously, you and I have known each other I think for almost twenty years now, right? Something like that. When did you and I meet?
1: Well, actually, I did a little bit of research on that myself because uh, I was prompted to do. I, I never actually keep good track of how long we've been doing these kind of things. But obviously, you're <laughs> you're the same age as my son Eric. You guys are twenty seven or thereabouts. Yeah. And And uh, so it's it's been a long time, but. Uh, to put it into a perspective, as far as language that hockey people understand, you and I met each other the very first time in the, uh, the regular season of your major Adam year. Wow. So I don't know how old you would have been then maybe nine years old or something to that effect. So it's been certainly the better part of 20 years. No, no question about that. Yeah. It's been a long time.
0: That's crazy.
1: Yeah. Crazy, man.
0: Well, yeah, like you mentioned, uh, you know, grew up playing spring hockey, uh, with Dave as my coach. Uh, alongside his son eric who's my age and just such an incredible opportunity to play for those squads which is some incredible players you know a lot of which went on to do amazing things in the hockey world honestly who would have thought looking back at it all now what's really transpired like we were just trying to have fun win games back then
1: (laughs) yeah no there's truth in that i mean that that's who who would ever have known that that where technology was going to go like we're we're doing this podcast as we were speaking before we got going just it's incredible the technology but Back in the day, we were just some guys looking to add a little extra competition and have some fun in the springtime and enjoy ourselves. And that's that's exactly what we did. But it's kind of grown into many different things for all of us, so so it seems.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, maybe you could just lift, list off some of the guys that used to be on those Screaming Eagles spring teams we had and where they're playing now to give people an idea of how competitive and how serious our spring club was for years.
1: Yeah, yeah. I'm going to actually start with you uh, because – I mean, you would have played with all of these guys, but I mean, look at yourself and the, the hockey experience, the life and the, and the career you've had so far. It's, I always use the words, it's surreal. So yeah, I mean yourself and and the great things that you've done, you've played hockey coast to coast and now you're headed to Europe and you've got an education and all kinds of different things to, to back up that experience. So I, I think that's fantastic. But some of the names that, that people would recognize pretty quickly, I think these days, uh, You would have played on our, on our Eagles squads with Alex Iofalo and Mark Seifley. Oh yeah. Um, Those guys obviously are, are, are guys in the NHL doing extremely well for themselves. Great kids, great athletes, great families. Just, just kept on keeping on and being good at every single level. So those, those guys are there. Um, I go to Justin Coachman. He's one of my favorite guys in, in all of hockey ever. And, uh, just an honest, hardcore meat and potatoes guy. And to this day, he's still playing professional hockey. And, um, uh, obviously, my son Eric has done very well for himself and his life and his experience, and there's been some ups and downs there, but yeah. uh, far more ups and maybe just a couple downs. And now he's a, a geological scientist and, and has moved on with his life, so he, he's currently not playing anymore. Stu Percy, right on, he's in the Ottawa Senators system. Uh, Jake Wood just just left uh, the East Coast Hockey League last season. Yeah, um, I'm very, very, very excited to know that you are headed to Europe to play with Sean McGovern. Yeah, and uh. Sean McGovern's dad amongst all the great friends that I made in hockey. Kevin, Kevin McGovern is one of the greatest people God created. And God said, thou shalt be Dave Chevrier's friend. (laughs) So that's the way that that worked out. And I think at the end of the day, all those great players and all the hockey stuff is is truly fantastic. I'm very proud that a lot of you guys are still playing today. Uh, Absolutely proud of that as the first Screaming Eagles team ever. Um, but what what makes me more happy is the fact that you and I get to reconnect. And I'm a 53 year old guy, and you're a 23 year old man. And here we are, we're friends, and and uh, you're you're like my son, and I love you. And here we are today, and having some fun and enjoying ourselves. So yeah, the the list of players, the roster was deep, man. <laughs> no question, <laughs> very deep. Yeah,
0: yeah. It's- It's crazy looking back, you know, a lot of those guys and maybe some of the names, not everybody knows, but all those guys that Dave mentioned, you know, ended up playing uh, division one. And a lot of those guys are now are playing pro hockey, right? Yeah. Um, And some of those guys like I follow and Shifley in the nhl now which honestly like looking back love those guys to death never thought maybe that the nhl was in the cards for them i don't know about you
1: oh i'm in the same boat it's funny because you know you can sit back as at the and, and it was curious too we as adults used to sit there and kind of talk about you know back in those days right the draft the ohl draft and the prospects tournament and all these different things that were the things back then and to a point they still are of course but um we, we would talk about the different guys. And and if you would have said to me as great a players as these two kids are today, if you'd have said to me that Alex Iafalo and Mark Shifley, are going to play in the NHL and be these kind of guys. Um, I'm not going to say that I would have doubted that, but I think that it's fair to say you would have been pretty surprised. Yeah. A little skeptical, but n- not in a negative way. Well, yeah. Is that the word? I don't know. But, but at the end of the day, it's not like a negative thing. It's just, I just look at it and say, well done. You know that that's uh, when we get further into our conversation yeah, here. You, you kind of look from a scouting perspective, and you got to have a crystal ball, so to speak. And it's got to, if you're going to be a good scout, it better be pretty damn accurate. So, I, I just don't know that at, at that younger age that we would have pinned pinned Alex and, and schaif as the guys that would would head off to be who they are today. But yeah. hey, all the credit to those guys and their families and the commitments that they made. Those guys, for sure. Y- you do not get to there unless you're an exceptional citizen, a great athlete, a smart individual, and many positive things and those guys have clearly demonstrated there all of those things and more so yeah 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 that's the that's the kind of the coolest notes of that I guess. yeah
0: well exactly not to really take away from them right but uh you no. know and we'll dive deeper into into our relationship a bit as the show goes on but maybe you can just start off by uh telling my audience you know your brief story when you were younger and all the way up until now and you know how you sort of got into the work you're doing these days
1: yeah so it it was entirely by accident what I do today is was not by design it just just morphed into into what it is kind of from where it came from so I'll start kind of at the the beginning so to speak but as a kid I grew up in Cuba Ontario and that's where I am right now I'm in I'm in the little hamlet of South Cuba and um, you know here here there was a lot of very good athletes so like you could go up the river to six nations where there's a lot of exceptional hockey players and exceptional lacrosse players and then come downstream to caledonia and cuba and dunville and along the banks of the mighty thundering grand river there seems to be a lot of great athletes that that at that time and still are today but a lot of great athletes seem to come from this area but when we were kids nobody had really married the thought of doing well in school with the other thought of doing well athletically that wasn't a, a thing um not like it is today so, you know, back when we were kids, you didn't play AAA hockey. You played minor hockey for Kuga because that's where you lived and that's what you did. Yeah. You didn't have an opportunity to go off and play for the young Nats or, or whoever happened to be in the AAA loop. It wasn't a thing. Yeah. So you were just a good raw athlete and some good raw materials there. But as a kid... Um, certainly in high school, I was not a good student. I wasn't a stupid kid or an an unintelligent person by any stretch of the imagination, but, (laughs) you know, doing well in school wasn't a thing, you know, going fishing at the river was maybe a little more important than, than that. And, um, you know, find yourself off the rails a little bit, bit in that regard. But when I did graduate school and then I moved on to college and I moved on with my, my life, I found myself at about 23 years old and I was playing senior AAA hockey for the Dunville Mudcats and, We had um, just finished off a game and we were playing against the Exeter Mohawks and Exeter had a lot of ex-pros on their team. They had guys, uh, these are names that people may not recognize today, but uh, they had guys that were ex-pros. They were Gordy Brooks, um, uh, David Renderson, um, Joe, i trying to remember Joe Shearer. Joe Shearer, very good hockey player, great shooter of the puck, Joe Shearer, but uh, very, very good players. And they were just back from pro and playing competitive hockey. So I said to my dad, I said to him, uh, I said, it's interesting and almost an honor to play against those former pros. And my dad, being who he is, kind of looked at me and goes, Well, it's too bad you get to play them when they're on their way down. That's <laughs> so like, well, that's a, that's a <laughs> backhanded comment if I'd ever really heard one. And but it, it kind of, <laughs> I, I never forgot that. And it kind of put into perspective for me that maybe I hadn't maximized my opportunities uh, in any way, shape, or form right. at all, period. And uh, I was yeah. probably 23 years old then, and um, you know, that's 30 years ago now. And, and I, I kind of said it to myself at that time, I was going to see to it that that didn't happen to my kids. And I, I don't mean that it didn't happen to my kids like it was somebody else's fault. That was entirely my fault. That wasn't yeah. – no one else needs to own that. Uh, but I just looked at it and said, I'm going to do what I need to do to make sure that my kids don't, don't do this. So I'm proud to say today that my kids are are three great adults, well-adjusted citizens, educated, smart, have well-formed opinions. And, you know, we, we saw to it that they had the opportunities to get educated, and, and that's what they they did do. So I, I commend my children for that. Um, but for us, it was also the putting together of the athletic pieces, and and we offered our kids great opportunities. And, yeah. you know, Eric has obviously uh, won a national championship with Brooks and has a pretty pretty, st- pretty strong uh hockey resume, I guess you could say Absolutely. Um, pretty, pretty cool. Uh, my daughter, Jessica, she's a national champion rugby player. So obviously she's, she's pretty good at that. And, and I don't know much wow. about that, but she's very, very good. And my <laughs> daughter, Joe, our youngest, our youngest daughter, Joe was a great athlete. She's a great rugby player. Like if you watched her play, you'd go, wow, she's, she's very good. So we, we took it upon ourselves to put those two things together. And, um, what, what kind of happened then was through the Screaming Eagles stuff, we, we just had a really, really great hockey team, as you as you well remember.
0: Yeah, great guys man. and
1: great rosters and great great kids, great families. A lot of fun to be with. And uh, as we entered these different tournaments, we started to kind of, as you guys got a little older, we started to find ourselves in the States at those tournaments in Rochester and maybe Syracuse or whatever, And a little bit. Yeah. Detroit, certainly we went there a lot. Mm-hmm. And then we got invited as a team. We got invited down to uh, to Boston and uh, we went down and we were competing and uh, we, we skated at uh, University of New Hampshire and Providence College and these different places that we played it was a great great event actually it was a lot of fun yeah and got exposed to those schools and that's when we kind of got that first real sniff of the of, of NCAA hockey and what it kind of looked like yeah. you know everybody's heard right of Boston U and Boston College and and uh north dakota and and these high michigans of the world these these programs that are just immediately recognizable from a logo but you don't really what we found being in ontario was that you just didn't really get too educated on that because you were you were buried in the ohl stuff right so zero yeah there's no no real at that time there was no real hardcore exposure to that it just wasn't a big thing although having said that they, those those teams were certainly up here recruiting Canadian kids. That was happening for sure. Yeah, but for sure. For, for you guys, as younger guys, it wasn't a thing. So when we went down there, uh, we our, our last game was actually in um, the New England Sports Center, uh, down in down in, just outside of Boston a little bit. I think it's Marlboro, Mass. And so we were we were there. Yeah. This guy comes walking up to me, and his name is Rob Gagnon, and Rob Gagnon from Cushing Academy, as it turns out, came walking up to me and he said, "Are you Chevy?" I said, "I am." And he said. Uh, I'd like your kid to come to my school. And I said, uh, what's your school? And so he told me and he said, what do you, I remember clearly what he said. He said, if you're heading back to Canada, he says, if you'll just shoot up highway two, uh, you'll come across, uh, you'll come across highway two heading West and you'll, you'll be very close to our campus. If you stop by, I'd love to give you a tour. Right
0: on. And
1: uh, we did, we actually did that. So we went for a tour and he showed me their wall of alumni, people that have played there and, and obviously done very, very well for themselves. And I was shocked that I being a hockey guy or thought it was a hockey guy, I guess, um, had never, <laughs> never really heard of the place. Didn't know a thing about it. Yeah. And, uh, so basically took a look at the facility and so on and so on. And that's where it started, where I realized there was something else that was going on that hockey could afford a kid a, a great opportunity to play, which is what all you guys love to do. But not only that, yeah. it gave you an opportunity to be educated, have a great life experience, be a part of something that was way bigger than you. Um, in life, for the rest of your life, it would be bigger than you, and yeah, uh, you know sure. it opened up those opportunities. So from there, quite frankly, we we checked out. I, I referenced Kevin McGovern earlier on. Kevin McGovern and I spent a lot of time on the road, man, checking out different schools and different opportunities and getting a fix on this. And then once we got that, um, you guys went into your minor midget year because you hadn't got there yet. Yeah. Um, so you went into minor midget, and we kept on keeping on with that information. And then um, you know from there um Eric ultimately applied to a lot of different schools and was accepted at Cushing and that's where he made the decision to to go to um Mm -hmm. you know and then Sean obviously went well Sean McGovern he went to uh to Taft and and I think that year you played if I'm correct I think in Midget you played for the Nats um up here yeah
0: I played for the Nats and I uh I played some junior as well yeah
1: yeah Um, Orangeville right Orangeville Crushers I think yes yeah Orangeville for Dale Howard Chuck right 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 so so there's, uh, there's what you did, but the next year off you went to Avon. So from, from at that point in time, we, we then got to know a lot of these coaches. Um, obviously, John Gardner still down there. Uh, Rob has moved on to yeah. something different in his life. But uh, having said that, we, we ended up putting together a small showcase and had a lot of Marley's kids and a lot of, a lot of uh, high-end GTHL guys. I would suspect you were, you were there as well. Um, came to this event and yeah and that's when guys started to become actively recruited to these type of opportunities and and that kind of grew into you know i think this year is our 14th year could be the 15th year of doing that that showcase um that we yeah. kind of, that that that's helped a lot of families like a ton of families along the way but that's what it's kind of grown into today so you know for my part today you know i come from being that terrible student kid in the game and not maximizing anything, academics or athletics, to a guy that really wants to see to it that kids do maximize those things, and and I'm not going to say I take it personally at every level with every guy, but I certainly uh, do find myself wanting to see guys do very well athletically and academically, and yeah. just being a good hockey player, that's just not enough, it just isn't, and yeah. that's the way that it yeah. is, so.
0: Well. Maybe we can, obviously, you brought up the tournament and, and sort of that summer after our draft year, you know, going into midget. I think that was like, '08, I believe. And, and honestly, you talk about how we didn't really know what was going on then. Like, there was like, people weren't even really on YouTube, like people, like schools weren't posting videos on like, there was no Instagram or anything. So that was over 10 years ago. Now we weren't educated at all. But for everybody listening to the show, you know, you sort of heard my story of how I Look toward the college route after I went undrafted in the OHL after my minor midget season. But honestly, like if it weren't for Chevy running his college prep tours down to the United States when everyone was living in their bubble here in Toronto, I never would have known that that route to get to college even existed. And I didn't even really realize like what I was getting myself into and just the amazing opportunities that would come from it. You know, all I knew was that. It was going to help me get closer to a Division One offer, which was my goal. So, Dave, I'm just curious, you know, why exactly did you start running those tours back then, and what was the purpose of them exactly?
1: The purpose, uh, why we started to run them, is probably a little less exciting than a lot of people would like to think. Honest to God, what what happened was that first the the the, the event that I referenced in Marlborough, Mass that one, everybody just drove down there themselves, right? Yeah. And they had their own car and they drove around and some people got lost and some people didn't make it to this event and didn't make it to that one or whatever. And <laughs> it's just one of these yard sale type of hockey journey Tournament. things. Yeah, it's a, it's nuts. Yeah. But uh, So really what happened was we just started to put teams together and, and take a bus. <laughs> so so that was, as opposed to driving down separately, we, we collectively took a bus and then it kind of grew into uh, we would stop at two or three or four different schools, maybe on the way down and take a tour. And, and then it just kind of grew. It just grew from there. And then, and then families got excited about it. So it became cost-effective. Like, uh, and We'll probably find ourselves talking about this a little bit later on. But you know, if, if a family wants to jump into their car and go down to New England to check out three, four, five schools, uh, it's going to be a whirlwind tour. It's probably in, you know, it's probably going to cost $1,000, $1,500 for sure. Uh, to pull that off mm-hmm. and uh, we just kind of found a more economical faster more comfortable way to do it was to put tours together and take teams and compete and kind of wrap it all up into one so yeah. that's kind of why it why it happened it just proved to be awfully effective it just it really did it just yeah. proved to be a lot of yeah. fun and was very very effective so that's why those those uh, families got exposed fast to a lot of different places they could see that wide like certainly when it comes to well any program really uh, whether it's prep or Division One or Division Three hockey, whatever it may be, there's a wide cross section of schools that are that are out there. They're going to be, they're going to sort of have a same flavor, but they're going to be different optically. They're going to have a different feel, maybe yeah. foster a different atmosphere to a point. Um, so different, fit. different fits, yeah, different guys, different things. And it's funny how today, you know, in certainly it's more so towards. Well, with COVID, it's not happening at all, but. Um, I help a lot of families tee up tours and, and help them with scheduling and get stuff kind of flowing a little bit. So that it makes for a profitable trip.
0: Yeah.
1: Um, but it's funny in my brain, I, I never say anything to any families before they go. And I kind of formulate what I think might be the end result after that tour in that they'll come mm-hmm. home and say, I like this place. I like that place. So on, so on. And it never ceases yeah. to amaze me that, that I'm wrong a lot, you know, on that one, it's like, Oh, I never would have. <laughs> I never would have thought the Santa Guida family would have fallen in love with Avon Old Farms. Not that you wouldn't. I mean, it's like Harry Potter lives there too, right? So it's like, yeah,
0: right. You know, it looks like yeah, a Hogwarts. It's one.
1: Hogwarts over there. So what's there not to like when you are that age of a guy? It's a great place to be. So, so that's an easy one. But you know, sometimes the family will come back and they'll say, "Oh, we really loved school XYZ. and it's like, really. Okay, well that's great. It's a good thing you went. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it was a good thing you checked it out. Yeah. and got the feel and then that's kind of where it, where it goes down the road for everybody. So, yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And for goalies on here, uh you know, looking to get more exposure either domestically like if in the states or whether they're internationally from Canada, Germany, but even if you're from the US whether you know how important is it to sort of go there go play right in their backyard to sort of give yourself an opportunity just to get more exposure and to even just be seen by them
1: yeah that's that's a huge 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 thing i mean people got to be practical and sensible in the way that things go so you know i mean i know you very very well and if i said to you michael santa there's a really pretty girl and she lives next door that's that's that piece i could say to you michael there's also a really really pretty girl and she lives in surrey bc but you're in Mississauga. Where are you going tonight? Well, you're going next door. You're gonna go knock on a door and say, hi, my name is Mike and I'm here to, to say hi to you because I, I know that you're pretty and I wanna to talk to you. Um, you're probably not gonna get on a plane and fly to BC because you kind of heard that there might be something of interest over there. So it, it, it can become that simple when it comes to hockey recruiting. So if you put yourself into the backyard of the people that are looking, chances are pretty good that if you're good, and people are talking about it and kind of that network of voices chimes in on that, that yeah. stands to reason that it's regional. So so people are going to be close. They're going to be able to see you. That's how it'll work out. So if it's uh, if it's a matter of taking that international flight and spending a week on the road and trying to figure it out and blah, 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 well, maybe there's just a different way, a little more sensible way to attack it if you look at it from a different perspective, right? So. Yeah. That's that's why I'm I'm huge on guys getting exposure or playing with programs that will give them that exposure to where the people are actually looking. And people they may be junior scouts like myself, guys that are out there aggressively looking for players. It could be division one, division three, it could be club hockey programs, USHL, multitude of junior pro whatever. It doesn't really matter. Um, at the end of the day, if you're in the places where stuff is going on, then you have an opportunity to participate. Yeah. And if you're not, then you've authored uh, your own situation. It just is what it is. Yeah. Yeah.
0: Unfortunately. Yeah. Yeah. And for kids, uh, you know, for kids who are maybe a little uncomfortable, you know, with putting themselves out there, you know, maybe not doing so much summer hockey showcases, like uh, what you went to, what you sort of uh, alluded to in Marlborough at the New England sports center and some combines like USHL combine, you know, what would you say to them to maybe encourage them to push and, and go to these opportunities, right? Like, how much do you think it increases your odds of success of getting, uh, like, either a prep or, you know, college Division One looks?
1: It just you you just simply have to be out there. You have to be out there. If you're not out there, then guess what? You're not out there. Can't see you. So I go I go to a, a player that, that I love. This guy, um, his name is Aaron Pierce. He, he played for the Waterloo Blackhawks. Canadian kid. He, he played for the Marlies '92 played for the Marlies, yeah. uh, then he played for Georgetown Raiders, then he goes to Waterloo, and then he then he uh, goes off to, to Nebraska-Omaha on a scholarship, and now he's back up here in Canada, and I think he's practicing law right now. So he's obviously done very, very well for himself. Um, but where did it start? Well, it started because he was uh, he was with us, and, and you were probably on that team. We, we went down there, played, and he, um, he he just a guy standing there in the stands at this obscure game in Connecticut somewhere, Bang! <laughs> this guy is uh, from the Waterloo Blackhawks, and they, they scout this guy, and they go get him. So you never know when or who or where or what it, it, it could happen, right? So, like, I find myself as a guy that that uh, I'm very proud to say that I, I do a lot of work with the Brooks Bandits in the Alberta Junior Hockey League, and and yeah, you know, who's to know that that Dave Chevrier just walked into the rink with his bald head and jacket on and watching a game. <laughs> You know, who, who knows who that even is? Nobody really would necessarily know that. Yeah. Other than the right. people These that guys do. who are
0: making the decisions are sort yeah, of, yeah. you know, they fly under the radar a little bit, right? They really
1: do. So, so there's some guy standing there in, a, in the corner. Well, who is that? Well, you never know. But if you're not participating, you're not out there, then you're not out there. Right. You don't have an opportunity right. now because you made sure you didn't have it. That doesn't mean yeah. having said that, that doesn't mean you go blindly go nuts and go out to crazy things at every turn. That doesn't mean that. That's not sensible either, um, but what, what I say on that note is find some sort of event or relationship or something like that that's destination-based, and what I mean by that is you know, if the yeah. Waterloo Blackhawks are there and they're paying attention to you in a meaningful way, not just an email that says, come to our camp, we think it's great, that's, that's a different story entirely, yeah. but if you're having that face-to-face conversation, now we're talking, and it's, it's, it's different than, than just the, the mass things that are out there. Uh, to go and participate in, just because you can pay for it and sign up and and go. If it's destination based, that means there's someone that that, that can help you or is waiting on the other side. You follow what I'm saying? Yeah. There? I don't know if I'm explaining yeah. that clearly, but
0: no, you are. Yeah, you
1: are. So if it's if it's destination based and it's relationship based and it's these kind of things, yeah, I, I think that these are very very good things to do. Yeah, um, and probably pretty necessary.
0: Yeah and i would agree with that and and so for everyone listening you know i had ben sire on the show and i talked about how he was recruiting me when he was at quinnipiac and um he helped he helped me decide what moves would be best once those options were created through chevy and i actually met ben sire at dave's showcase event back in 2008 yeah how crazy is that so i met ben sire And that was the beginning of me eventually, five years later, finding my way to a Division One commitment, really. And that was also where Avon Old Farms first saw me play, which I eventually ended up at. So Dave, you know, maybe we can dive a bit into into prep school, because obviously we had a crew of guys that, that went that route, and we all ended up doing exceptionally well in our respective programs post-prep. But I just want to shed some more light to my audience on what exactly is prep school.
1: Yeah, prep school is, um, it, it, it's interesting what the misconception is. So so we'll we'll hit it straight off. And there's, there's different types of prep schools. So uh, when you think about prep school, I think you got to think about the word prep. It, it's preparing you. It's a preparatory school to get you ready right. for the next level of whatever it is that you're going to do. So today, kind of what we see, it, it's changed a little bit over the years now. Um, so what you see today is, we'll start with your classic prep school, your boarding school, your campus situation. So Avon Old Farms is a great example of that, as is Cushing and Taft and Gunnery and Millbrook and lots of other world-class yeah. fantastic schools. That's where you, you live on campus. You're doing your thing. It's your classic boarding school situation. Um, they have financial aid capabilities and, and just a, a great campus setup. It's like a postcard, really. It's like that. But on top of that, yeah. they actually act, have exceptionally good hockey teams. Like, I mean, exceptionally good, very good hockey teams. Yeah. So it's kind of all... For a hockey player, if, if you're good enough to be able to play for one of those teams and be considered for those opportunities, that's a fantastic home. Um, you know, there's some requirements to get into those kind of places. you got to score well on a test, yeah. you got to have a good transcript. And there's, there's a process. I mean, it doesn't happen by accident, and it's very it's a deliberate process, and it works. And there's that's, yeah. that's the thing there. A, a different kind of program is what you see are these more athletic-based programs. So to name a few of those these days, um, Hill Academy A21 – um, yeah. These kind of guys. Another guy that that you and I know very well, Carson Johnstone, is working with the place over here, uh, Fort Erie International Academy. He's putting together oh, yeah. their program for this upcoming year, this upcoming season. Right on. Uh, and Carson Carson's well versed on the on prep hockey. He went to Kent's Hill, so he's yeah. he's a guy that not only was a participant, but he's a believer. Now he's helping to build these kind of programs. So your your the, the programs we're we're speaking about now are maybe. I'm gonna say that they're they they have uh they'll they'll have a very clear athletic focus it's you're going there to play hockey you start in September you're done in yeah. march April whatever and you're still going to school the hockey the academics program sorry happens to uh, mesh with the hockey program and they'll they'll consider the fact that you're on the road you're doing this you're doing that they'll work with a guy yeah. to make that work so that's another very beneficial situation uh, that can that can work for a guy, but it's just a different type of of prep school than, than say Avon yeah. Um, yeah beyond that I don't really you know there's some prep schools out there that don't have any hockey programs at all but uh, those aren't the ones we're right. talking about so at the end of the day uh, that's what the prep program is it gets gets you ready for the next step so that's that's the yeah. thing it's it's very very sensible it's age appropriate the, the level of athleticism is high the expectations are very high and that's why I think it works for so many kids is that the guys that take yeah. that environment very seriously, you have the forum and the opportunity to do very well in your sport so yeah yeah that's what it does Absolutely. yeah
0: in your opinion you know what are some of the pros going that route and and then maybe you can dive into maybe some of the cons as
1: well yeah i, I honestly don't have any cons i i can i can say that <laughs> no, I, I know how canned that sounds i really do it's like yeah there's no cons no i'm not i'm not gonna but they're really i, I just don't know what a con would be in that instance so if you, if you look at, uh, I'm going to be facetious here right now, but if I said to you, Michael, please tell me all the terrible things that, uh, about Avon Old Farms, you're probably going to go, terrible? I, I'm not really thinking I can go there. I don't, What what's that? <laughs> I don't even know what that is. And I, right, I right, say that with right. confidence. Like, I mean, over the 15 years that we've been doing this, there's been hundreds of players that have, that have come past through our showcases and tours yeah. and stuff that have been to different prep schools. And honest to God, like I only need one hand I don't even need the entire hand of fingers to list off the kids that this didn't work out well for so hundreds yeah. of guys that it works great for three or four that it doesn't I I I can't find a lot of cons so yeah. I look at the positives and um, inside of those positives there's some economic realities we'll talk about that in a minute but the positives are you have a great life experience I mean if you go off to to, to the Avons of the world, and you go to these kind of places, you're, you're living on campus with a lot of uh, very, very interesting people. You know, families of influence and the expectations academically and athletically are very, very high. You're in with uh, contacts and people that you'll, you'll know for the rest of your life. That's a huge, huge thing. Uh, you're gonna play great hockey, great hockey, like exceptionally good hockey. And uh, I mean, for the Bandits, we, we target New England uh, prep schools and prep programs all over the place, actually. For, for, for scouting purposes, we, we do that deliberately, We for a reason, because the athletes are exceptionally good. So we have a guy that that for the next level, after prep school, looking at top-end junior A hockey in Canada, we have a guy that's already moved away from home. He's already been doing well in school, or we would, probably wouldn't be interested in him. Athletically, he's done very yeah. well playing great hockey. We can call up the coach. We could call up your coach, John Gardner, and say to John John, uh, what kind of guy was Michael Santagueta? You've lived with him for two years coached him for X amount of games. What do we really got? Yeah. What do we really and truly have here? Is he a good kid? Is he entitled? Is he, what is he like? What do we have? And you get an honest answer. So all of those positives make it an exceptionally great place to be. I mean, if you look at the, the, the non-boarding school type of program, you're on the ice every day. You're playing a lot of hockey. You're playing very high-end hockey. You got a dialed out academic atmosphere. You're working out as a team. You're doing all of these kind of things all the time, front to back. And I look at I look at it as a kid and say, okay, you get past minor midget, you're gonna go play. What are you gonna do? Are you gonna go play prep hockey? Well, that's a good thing to do. Uh, there's great opportunities. You got to be ahead of it. You got to be on top of it. Know what know what it is that you want, and you got to go after it and get it. If you don't do that, you're gonna play major midget somewhere. That's probably what's gonna happen to 98 percent of the guys because we know that there's very few cards available at those younger ages. That's just the way that it is. So chances are, very high, you're going to play major midget. You're going to practice twice a week. You're going to have a 9 o'clock start tonight in Brampton, Ontario. You're not going to get out of the rink till 11, 11.30. And uh, you're going to get home at 1 o'clock tonight. You're going to get up at 7 in the morning because your mom's going to make sure it happens and you're going to school. And um, off you go. You're going to do your thing. And I just look at that and say, well, the the prep program practices at 4 o'clock. You guys practice at 10 at night, you know, yeah. this, the differences are, are huge. They're, it's it's drastically different. And when I look at the financial mm. aspect of that, unless there's, you know, the proverbial pot of gold at the end of the rainbow in any one particular family or another, uh, if they're normal people with normal incomes, there's financial aid that's available. The money that gets spent to create these opportunities for kids is very, very similar to what it's going to cost to play AAA hockey in Ontario and do all the supplemental things you'd need to do anyway to catch up to that opportunity as a prep guy. So, um, probably going to cost you more money and you'll get less. So, you know, from a, from a financial standpoint, I think there's huge benefits, uh, but certainly from an academic athletic and lifestyle perspective, just about any prep opportunity is probably going to be a, a better opportunity than what's, what's available in the mainstream system. So, yeah, I'm very aware yeah. of my definitive bias. I I, I know that, but, my my bias is clear. We can we can talk about that. We can say, hey, listen, here's <laughs> here's why this is better. This is why here's the quantity, the quality, the everything of what you're talking about. This is what it all yeah. all brings to the table. I mean, I'll ask you the question. You played for the Nats. That's a pretty good midget organization. That, that's that yeah. they do well. That's good, right? No question about that. Good coach, good system, good stuff going on there. How did that compare to what you did at Avon?
0: Oh, not even close. I mean, you know. Yeah, it's just not,
1: right? And, <laughs> and that's it. Like, we don't yeah. harp on that one, right? But we, we know no, that no. there's a big difference there. You lived it. So this is uh, this is why I, I, I focus so much on the pros because I just don't, I just don't, I don't know, man. Yeah. Like, like being a young guy walking around a campus and, you know, say it's me and you. We're walking around. I say, Santa, there's the rink there's the gym. We're going to work out there. When we get hungry, we're going to eat over there. And when we finally get tired, we'll sleep over there. That's what we're going to do. You know? And it's like, okay, <laughs> Chev, let's get signed up. All centralized. Yeah. We're, we're going to sign up because that's what we're doing. Let's go do that. You know? But at the end of the day there's obviously a lot more to making a decision than that. But
0: yeah, yeah. yeah when
1: those are your sure. focal points, uh, as far as being interested at a younger age, when I can say you're going to get more and better quality in this system, and you're going to get less and lower quality in this one, it's becomes pretty simple to me. So yeah. I just look at the pros. So, yeah. yeah.
0: And for me, you know, honestly, looking back, like going to prep school, I think was the greatest blessing of my life. It can, it completely changed the trajectory of my, my life. And I realized that, you know, for me before I went, I was sort of starting to become my friends and all I wanted to do was just chill and have fun. And that's cool and all, but yeah. You know, one day I sort of asked myself like, "Hey, do I want to sit here and and be one of the boys and chill with my buddies my whole life or do I want to go out and be a hockey player?" Yeah. And I made that decision to leave. You know, I knew I needed to do that if I was going to get what I wanted, which was a Division 1 scholarship. And and honestly, it looking back, it just changed my life in so many ways, completely changed my life. I grew up real fast, matured me, made me responsible for my work and my actions, you know, much sooner. Mm-hmm. And for me, I was a bit of an immature kid, you know, I would say in some regards before I went prep. And I remember the first time I came home, my mom was just so shocked at how different I was, the way I spoke, the way I carried myself, you know, just way more mature and grown up. And and I had an opportunity to get some of the best schooling the United States has to offer. Absolutely. And it showed me honestly what i was capable of you know it brought out the best in me that if i just did my homework and i sat down and i put effort into my work that i was actually really smart and i think the biggest thing was also i got to brush shoulders with some of the most high profile families families in america absolutely you know the relationships you build there and the are bonds and, and friendships that last a lifetime you become a part of a prestigious Very small circle, right? Because you only have 400 kids going to these schools a year. You know, people that have your back. It's almost like a fraternity, right? Maybe you can just share a quick story on the power of those networks and being involved in those alumni networks.
1: Yeah, I I think it's absolutely staggeringly huge that that network. I mean, um, I know for Eric, uh, you know, graduating from Cushing Academy, uh, going off to to an NCAA opportunity that went, quite frankly, went south and didn't work out very, very well. When the alumni network at Cushing Academy found out that he was in, I'm using air quotes here, I'm saying trouble. When they found out that things weren't the way that they were supposed to be, the first people that reached out to me is his dad, who's eight hours away from something that's going sideways with my 18-year-old kid, uh, that was the Cushing alumni group. They reached out, and they called me on the phone, and, and it was Bill Troy. Bill Troy's a great man. He's still at Cushing. Uh, Bill Troy reached out to me and he said to me, chef, I heard what's going on here. He says, I will go get him and bring him home and I'll wait for you here. We'll take care of him until you can get down here to fetch him up and deal with what we got wow. to deal with. The interesting part of that, what I just said there was what he had said. He says, I will go get him and bring him home. And home was Cushing home. Wasn't South Kuga, Ontario. <laughs> That's, that wasn't what he was talking yeah. about. He's That's saying, cool. I'm bringing him home. And, that's that's uh, we didn't have to take advantage of that necessarily, but i tell you, brother, it was a great feeling to have to know that someone had my son's mm. back. So that's the dad's the dad story there. Um, further <laughs> to that, like just some some stuff like that. I remember Eric was uh, was graduating Queens University and he was you know going to be looking for a job, and one of the first things he did was he reached out to the Cushing, uh, Cushing alumni office, and he just said, wow. "Who out there is a geological scientist that I could talk to?" And that, that just to be able to make the call to, to talk yeah, to somebody that's saying yeah, it's, it's incredible. It's, it's absolutely fascinating. Then, beyond that, when, well, not beyond that, but prior to that, when Eric was playing for, um, for Brooks and Queens University coach wanted him to play for, for Queens and he was kind of trying to recruit him to go there and so on and so on, um, the coach had asked for a copy of Eric's transcripts, which I, which I had here. So I sent them to the coach. And uh, Eric was a very good student. He was on the, the high honor roll there. So it makes me pretty proud to say that. But at the end of the day, uh, he did well academically at, at Cushing. And the coach took the transcripts to his admissions office at Queens, called me back shortly after and goes, what, what is Cushing Academy? He goes, I never even heard of this thing. And so <laughs> I, I said to him, well, I kind of give him the rundown of what it was. And he says, this is exactly what he said. Now, let's keep in mind, we're talking about Queens University. So if somebody wants yeah. to have the debate as to which is the best school in Canada, Queens or McGill or or Western or whatever, they can go ahead and have that debate. I'm, I'm not interested to participate. But what what this guy said coming from Queens University was, well, it must be pretty influential place because they bumped his marks up 10%. So um, I said, well, that's that's pretty interesting. And he said, yeah, the, the lady in the admissions office at Queens said that this was a high end academic uh, institution. So. You know as far as the quality of academics and stuff like that goes obviously it must be pretty high if queens yeah. is going to recognize it but as far as being having a benefit um after the fact well after the fact like i'm talking three or four years after graduating cushing you know to be a part of that alumni network kind of paid off and uh yeah you know and it, the future is still pretty wide with all of that right like i mean end of the day obviously, yeah for sure. so so there's a couple stories there for guys that, or for him certainly that that it worked out well no question. So, yeah.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And following, uh, following prep school, you know, where Dave's son and I played against each other, you know, like he mentioned, he went to Cushing and you guys were an awesome program there. Yep. Um, and Dave is actually the one who recommended me to Matt Earhart, yep. who ended up being my coach eventually and who I ended up playing for in Surrey. And he was in Matt's ear constantly telling him like, Hey, this is our guy, this is our guy, this is our guy. And uh, honestly, Dave, thank you for putting in that good word for me there because it transpired into honestly a career changing season for me. And, um, you know, obviously you do a lot of scouting work and you've been very successful at identifying outliers, you know, kids that just stand out in our winners. Yeah. And maybe you can dive briefly into a bit of our history. You know, obviously you've known me for a long time, but some things about my game that stood out to you as a scout and evaluator early on and maybe. You know, when we were going into junior, what did you see in me that you were such a strong advocate for me? I saw
1: it long before we ever got to there, brother, honestly. And, and I know you and I are talking on this podcast right now, so I'm going to say all kinds of really great things, and I'm going to try to leave profanity <laughs> – I'm going to try to leave the profanity out of it. However, um, I knew you were good when, when I first saw you play in Adam. There's no question about that. Did it, was I making a conscious decision that this guy is going to be something? no you were an atom for god's sake like what are you Nine? Yeah. i mean come on Kid. crazy but <laughs> i remember then watching how good you were with your pads like just how you could move and side to side and just how quick bang bang that down up and great pad saves just fantastic and we watched you yeah. play all the way through right up till minor midget and i remember we had you guys in the playoffs with the Marleys. you remember that
0: oh yeah, yeah i remember so every i was every year i remember right,
1: right. so so in, in minor midget we we got you guys and and um You were the problem. It wasn't the rest of your team. They were easy to deal with. It was you. So, and being your coach, I was on the bench with the Marlies at that time, and and being the coach uh, of the the Eagles and having you around for all those years prior, I honest to God, brother, you may not even know this, but what I said to our guys was, don't try to score on him. If you go down and try to score on him, he's going to make a save, and then you're going to make him feel good. And if you make him feel good, then he's going to become invincible, and it's going to be hard to tear him apart. <laughs> and we don't want him to be feeling any better than we want him to feel, which is terrible. So what I said to them was, "Go down. He's got he's got great pads. Go down there and take a shot." Now you you might remember this from when you were a kid, but uh, maybe, I'm sure you would remember it when I say it. But we used to have the law of far side low, and it's the it's the nature of the, the highest scoring percentage yeah. shots that there is out there. So uh, the law of far side low states very clearly and should never be violated by the way. However, it states that when in the middle, pick a hole. And if you're not, it's far side low. And so I, yeah, to- I remember, remember that. Right? I remember right. that. <laughs> and so that, then you were a creep about it. Cause you'd hear me say it in practice. And then, then our guys would come down and you'd be ready for the far side low shot and just deal with them all. It's like, okay, we gotta, <laughs> we gotta say these things when he ain't listening. But at the end of the day, that's what I said to our guys. I said, I said, don't, don't go down and try to score when you go down, get close, get real close and take a far side, low shot, get it off his pads and just put the rebound in. Don't stick handle. Cause yeah. if you stick handle, he moves too quick. So if that rebound comes, it's got to be shot off, off the rebound straight or off a pass. Yeah. It's just, the shot has to be taken. If you don't do that, he's going to eat our lunch. He will beat us. And that, and I mean, I mean that, and I meant that and I said those things. So that was, that was at, at minor midget. But when it came to, to Avon being interested in you and reaching out to me, I said, this is clear. Like, if you don't take this guy, you're you're just making a mistake. Yeah, but he's five foot two and a half. Is it? No, he's not. But at the end of the day, <laughs> it doesn't matter because he just stops pucks. So don't worry about the rest of it. He's going to win stuff for you, and uh, yeah. that's where it went. So when when it came to Earhart and um, Surrey, you you would actually now I don't remember where you, you were in the USHL somewhere, but they didn't sign you due to an import situation. It Wasn't about being good enough. Yeah, it was an import situation. Exactly. So, but where was that? Was that yeah. Sioux Falls or where?
0: no i was in Tri-City, tri-city and what happened was i actually uh i actually had beat out a kid they drafted at the beginning of of you know and then late in camp they basically because it was the lockout season uh you had this trickle effect oh, yeah. of nhl guys go over to europe and then basically this third round draft pick by chicago who's uh import he was from europe he ended up there and they just signed him and they just gasped
1: right him, right you know so for every wrong reason under the sun that happens, but. You know it is what it is. So, so uh, when you were coming available, your dad had called, and um, I, I picked up the phone and I called Earhart. And and I'll tell you why I did that. You probably know that, but that was one of the worst defense cores in the world, in my mind. I, I looked at that. And said, <laughs> I said These guys are terrible. Like they're porous. Those are the words that I used with your dad. I said to him, Gasper, these guys are porous. They'll just, you know, it's like they, they're they not they not wearing hockey gear. They're, they're working at Cineplex Odeon and got vests on and flashlights. And they're saying, come, here's the front of the net. Come here and just shoot the puck. Just go ahead and do it. It's no problem. So, but I, I said to, to your dad, that that was my opinion of these guys. And I said to your dad, he will see in the area of 35 to 45 shots a night. It's going to happen. And when I when I yeah. talked to, to Matt on the phone, I just said, listen, this is what you got going on. Don't try to sugarcoat it. This is just what it is. But end of the day, this guy is going to lock this down for you. You are going to win with him. That's what's going to happen. And he seemed to take take that to, to heart. And then the next thing you know, you're winning stuff, and you're winning the league, and then you're coming out, and you win the Western Canada Cup, and uh, mm-hmm. right, because you won that. I, if my memory serves me right. Yep. And then the yep. next thing you know, you're you're playing literally playing at the national championship in Canada, which has got to be a pretty damn good place to play for a national championship. And, yeah. and you're, you're, you're wrecking everybody's life. And, uh, and this is, this is the guy, like, this is our guy. And it's just saying, yeah, I, I love being right about this stuff. Cause the guy's money. And then, you know, it's kind of gone to where <laughs> it's gone now. I mean, you went to Surrey and then you went off to Vermont and stole the job. And mm-hmm. did you like the record speaks for itself? So yeah, that was, that yeah. was the easy part there. It was funny. I, I don't know if I ever told you this, but I had conversations with a pretty influential goalie coach that's out there right now. And he, he, had, um, he and I were talking. And I said, who do you really like in this 93 draft as far as goaltenders? And first thing out of his mouth, just, just like this, he didn't know you and I were connected. He had no idea. He just goes, oh, Santa Guida. He goes, Santa Guida is one of the best goaltenders in the OHL draft. Or he's not going to be drafted. And I said, I said wow. yeah, exactly. That's what I said. Like, wow, you got to be kidding. Like, this guy is literally, literally destroying people's lives on the ice as a goalie. And he's not going to get drafted <laughs> out of 15 rounds. There's not a place for this guy. And, uh, he said, Chevy's just, it just doesn't, it, he's not tall enough. He doesn't have the height. Yeah, just didn't just fit the didn't part. Fit the I part. Know. Yeah, exactly. Right. And it was just too bad that the part really should have been how many pucks is he stopping every night on a relatively wow. weak team? Like how, how is that not wow. uh, not the defining part as opposed to how tall you think he is? Like that's, that's just silly to me. But wow. Anyway, I did not know that yeah. you've never said that to me. No, I, I, I didn't say it. I, I kind of kept it to myself a little bit and just, I, I, I would have rationalized that knowing myself well enough at this point to not say anything, uh, which is surprising <laughs> as a guy that's as verbose as me, but I, uh, <laughs> I just didn't say nothing because I didn't want that to creep into your head, you know, coming from a guy like me. And, and yeah, say, yeah, yeah, Nick, you know, uh, it was good. It, it, you know what,
0: that experience getting overlooked, it, it, it turned, it lit a fire in me. Yeah. And, and I knew why they didn't want me, but it made me start playing with a chip on my shoulder because I had been, I think, you know, for a long time, I had been one of the top goalies in the age group. So I felt pretty good about myself. For right? sure, yeah. And, uh, that was sort of the first day that, you know, people spit in my face a lot leading up to that. You're too small, too small, but that was just a, you know, real big spit in any, any young kid's face, you know, young, you spend your whole life up to that point, try like looking toward that draft. And, and then when it doesn't happen for you, whether you think you're going to college or not, it really, really upsets you. Right. And And it's, it's upset kids so much that they even drop out of hockey after it you know what I mean like
1: um it's it's a common common thing I mean you see so many kids that just walk away from the game and that's that's a conversation for a different time um for sure but just as you talk about recruiting and 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 kind of today's social social dynamics and different things that are happening today that weren't happening back when you were uh, you know coming out of minor midget uh, um it's a little bit of a different world but You know, you know, there's, there's not a lot of guys, Mike, that, that if you knock them down, that they really quite frankly have the balls to get up, Never mind get up with a vengeance and go, or, or or if they're just ignored, you know what I mean? Or you, you know, in your case, you don't get drafted. It lights a fire. Now you've got something to prove. And I knew, honestly, knowing you quite well uh, for your, most of your life, um, There there was, a member back with the Marley guys, we said, okay, here's how we're going to score on him. Don't try to score on him. We're going to deal with that. That's how we're not, that's how we're going to win by trying not to score on the guy. That doesn't make any sense. But, but I also said to the guys, I said, there's two, two things you don't want to have happen with this dude. If this guy gets up from a save and has a smile on his face, we don't want that because he's feeling very good and we are not interested. So the next thing we don't want is for him to get up and have a frown on his face because now he's pissed. And we don't want that either. So all we really want is for Michael Sandiguita to, to have a very vanilla game. And we don't want him to understand that not only are we not going to try to score on him, but we're not going to talk to him. We're not going to chirp him. We're not going to do nothing. We're just coming in here, shooting pucks at you, putting in rebounds and beating you. And then we're going home. So that was, that was it. But all of that says, yeah, you had the fire where that didn't work out for you. You said, no, no, no problem. There's lots of doors here and you found those doors you found those doors you found you know you found avon you found surrey you found vermont the list goes on and now you found your way to europe so you know this is the guy that that it's funny as as we talk about different players over the years and it and it turns into the remember when and do you remember this guy or that guy uh your name comes up and and people will go he's still playing yeah not only still playing they're, they're actually paying them to do it you know i mean you gotta you you're, you're missed a point here maybe you missed something along the way because he wasn't tall enough but anyway such as it is but uh
0: man yeah. you know it's funny that you mentioned all those marley's games i uh i loved playing you guys because oh, I, I knew we were just gonna get shelled, yep. <laughs> and uh i don't know there was it was uh it was ingrained in me from very early on that I, I just loved an upset. Like I loved it so much more than anything. And I honestly played on weaker teams just so I could upset everybody. Yeah. You know, yeah. it was, it was,
1: it was the thrill of it, honestly. Right. Like, Oh yeah. You're, 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 I mean, Hey, that, that Marley's team was like all, but picked just to, to be what they were. And, and that's what they were. So yeah, the order tonight's going to be pretty tall. If you're playing against that team, I, I think that's fair to say, but it's funny how that particular team from a coaching perspective, we were aware of who was in the net, the other end. It's like, here's, here's how we got to do this boys. This is the way this is going to be. So, (laughs) uh, or or else he's, well, I love getting a little
0: inside scoop (laughs) Um, and, and uh, for everybody listening, you know, it just goes to show you like, like I didn't know Dave would, would do these things for me. Like I didn't play for Dave. So Dave would help me get things when I was a kid, like Dave was just my coach, you know, a family friend and, I respected him and, and his leadership and his drive to to be a winning program and to win tournaments. And it, it just really goes to show you how small the hockey world is. And, and you never know who can help you down the road along your journey. yeah And, you know, you think about it. Dave now is a part of the most successful junior organization in Canada. And when I went to the BCHL, that was the start of his amazing tenure in junior hockey. And, and now such a successful run of helping kids get to college hockey. Mm-hmm. And, and because I played hard for Dave and we saw eye to eye and, you know, he, he went to bat for me and, and if Chevy didn't go to bat for me in the BCHL and Avon and, you know, all these places, like who knows really where I would end up. Who knows if I would have even gone to Vermont, right? Because Matt Earhart, my coach in Surrey, he actually played for Kyle Wallach, who was my assistant coach at UVM, who recruited me in Surrey. He saw me in the USHL combine followed me to Surrey because he he saw I was going there and he talked to Matt Earhart and because of Chevy helping me get these opportunities I got my division one deal so honestly Chevy from the bottom of my heart man I just want to say thank you on record you know for 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 showing me just an incredible side of life for honestly changing my life dating all the way back to when I first started playing for the Scream Eagles and you know, Dave taught me that winning mattered in this world and that we wanted to strive to be winners every day. And he taught me how to be a leader and how to be a leader by example. So thank you, brother. You have no idea, honestly, how, how much it all means to me, man. I,
1: I really do appreciate hearing that. I know we're having a little bit of a love fest here right now, but honestly, it, it, it's very meaningful for me to hear that because you guys are my sons and the, the great things that are happening today. Um, really they have everything to do with hockey and then almost nothing to do with hockey. On the other hand, uh, I got a lot of great players out there that aren't playing anymore and I get calls all the time. Guys will reach out and say, Hey, are you going to be home on Saturday? I'd like to bring my son by to meet you. You know, you guys are now getting married. You're having kids. You're, you moved on with life. Yeah. You're still shooting the puck, which is great. And lots of guys are still doing that too, but it's the, the rewards go, they, they just become more personal and they could get more deep. So I do appreciate all of, all of what you said there. It's very meaningful.
0: Yeah. Yeah. yeah well, over the years, you know, uh Dave and I have just lost touch a little bit obviously everybody's lives get busier but um I know that he's in my corner and that I'm in his and we talk about good experiences and sort of finding that right fit and going to the right programs but for people maybe looking to go this route you know go the prep route maybe you can touch on how important it is to to work with people that have been through it before that can give you the right guidance to make sure you find a good fit and put yourself in a good situation to
1: succeed yeah it's um yeah I I I see what you're saying at the end of the day, you know, you look at a successful business person, they'll, they'll subscribe to the old adage of there's wisdom in a multitude of counselors. Having said that, that you may find those guys just bouncing their opinions off certain people. Uh, again, I reference Kevin McGovern. Um, great guy. If I have one of my crazy ideas, I call him on the phone. I say, Kev, poke some holes in what I'm thinking here. Beat me up. Like point out the weaknesses here, point out where I'm going offside. <laughs> let's, let's do this together. And he does. And he just says, you're missing this, think about that, what about this, blah, blah, blah. So that's a great a great relationship there. But a lot of those real successful businesses, they'll have a few key people. One of them will probably be a lawyer because they need to navigate the legal system. The other one's going to be an accountant because right. they have to navigate the tax or the financial system. So kind of what I do a little bit is is almost like a lawyer and accountant, although I'm not saying I'm a lawyer and accountant. I'm not saying that. I'm saying I'm a <laughs> hockey guy. It's been around a long time. So at the end of the day, what, what the benefit for, for a guy maybe like myself uh, is that we know who the players are. Not I'm not talking about players as far as hockey players, but we know who the people are let's say. We know the coaches, we know the schools we've got a 15 year track record of, of having kids go to these kind of places. So there's really not a lot of new stuff that's going on because we already have a clear understanding of what the school's program looks like what kind of player they look for, mm-hmm. what kind of student, what kind of appetite they have for any one individual or another. So for me, i I'll, one of my first things that I do with a guy. It's not the first, but it's it's close. Is that I'll say I'll, I need your transcript. I need to see what kind of student you are, because if you're not a, a good student, uh, it doesn't mean the deal's over at all. If you're if you're going to be an honest, hardworking student, that's still you're still in the yeah. game. But if you're if you're not uh, a strong student, there's some places that are just not going to entertain you. That's just the way that it is. So yeah. that turns into a waste. Or even work out, right? Yeah. Admissions it's just them. not going to work out. So you might as well just know that ahead of the game. But what families don't understand is that admissions departments, like at Avon Old Farms, how many empty beds were there at Avon? Probably not even one because the school no. has a waiting list of people to get in. So it's not about getting people in. It's about penetration on their, on their admissions efforts. What, where do yeah. they get the best results, the best feedback? What are they doing? that makes it work. So if you reach out to the family, or sorry, if, you, if a family reaches out to the school and says, Hey, we'd like to come by for a tour. 10 schools out of 10 are going to say, okay, come on down. So as you said earlier on, you know, if it costs a family, a $1, thousand, fifteen hundred bucks bucks, take a trip down to anywhere to go see a school and spend a couple nights in hotels or whatever, food, whatever. Um, and you're barking up the wrong tree. You've just wasted your time and money. That's very clearly yeah. what you've done on a school that may not have an appetite for that player. So what what I do is I can I can provide insight to a cross section of schools that are going to have an appetite for that kid. He will, you know, barring the unforeseen, he will get accepted, it will work out and then we can go down the other roads towards financial aid if necessary and all of these other different yeah. things. So it just, it's just the insights yeah. uh, of someone who's been down the road. And, and this is my, my thing, and I, I can catch you. I might catch you on it. I might not because you heard me talk too much so you know my shtick. But whenever I get a new group of kids in a room and, and we're going to go and compete, I, I say to them, uh, is it fair to say that experience is the greatest teacher? Well, to a person, they'll all put up their hands and say, yeah, I, I agree with that. And I say, well, that's because you're dopey. Yeah. You, you don't know any better. I'm going to teach you something today. Take it to the bank. Experience isn't the greatest teacher unless it's someone else's experience. That's called wisdom. So take advice and wisdom from a guy that's already been down the road because they can tell you what it's going to look like. Don't go figure it out for yourself because if you learn from experience, that means you've gotten the exam before you've gotten the lesson and that is not smart. So to go down the road with somebody that can give you guidance with a proven track record and a long tenure and an obvious, you know, uh, track record of success that's one story, but if you just want to go figure it out, then go ahead. <laughs> well, hopefully it works. It might, yeah. it might be okay. It might work out, but yeah. oftentimes it, it just doesn't, uh, you know, that it gets frustrating. It gets long and yeah. all these different things. Right. So
0: expensive. Very expensive. You know, and, yep. Yeah. And, 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 that's why I went to you, you know, we were like, there wasn't, well, for one, there wasn't really anybody else, but we already trust you. We'd been friends yeah. for years and yeah. obviously it's flourished into something amazing, but you know maybe you can just touch a bit on uh, like a horror story of a kid maybe that you work with and obviously we don't have to mention names but but you know why getting help in the recruiting process is so important
1: yeah so uh, i got one one guy actually the kid was a goalie honestly um, but I'll, again we'll leave the names out so wow. uh, was a goaltender kid and the, the dad was very very uh, i'd say overzealous a little bit but at the end of the day um you know he he's flipped me this, his son's marks the kid was a very good goaltender he could he could stop pucks he was good and so, but anyway, he flips me the kid's marks. And then, um, what, what I, when I saw the marks, I said, okay, he, he's going to have an opportunity with this school, this school, this school, and this school. And, uh, the reason why was because his marks were, they weren't bad. They weren't great. They were just bordering on good, but maybe towards the latter end of good where if he loses a couple percentage points, it's like, yeah, we're not talking no more. You know what I mean? So basically, yeah. um, that's who he was as a student. However, his dad got his knickers in a twist and he thought that this kid should be going to Phillips Exeter and trying to get into there because he got a positive or had a positive phone call with a person from, from that school. And so what, what i said to him was, listen, you don't want to go barking up that tree. Oh, but they're very, very interested. It feels like it's a slam dunk. And I said, listen, you got to understand what that school is. That is literally the Harvard Yale of prep schools. You have to be an exceptionally good student for them to be interested in you. And if that's not the case, that's not going to work out this way. And so I went through the reasons why um, they say yes to, to people coming for tours and stuff like that because that's their job. that's what they do. So this this guy goes all the way down the road with the school and ultimately ends up with a letter of not being accepted, being declined and not waitlisted, no nothing at all. just straight up, sorry, you're just not a fit. Have a good life goodbye. But the problem with that was he only applied to the one school. And that was the one school that he applied to because he felt this was going to be a certain way. He listened to none of what we had said and then got angry about it. So he calls up, he's pissy, and he's all got his knickers in a twist. And I said, okay, listen, this, this is the road you decided to go down. This is why we told you not to go down the road. The guy was good enough to say, yeah, you're, you're right. It, it, I, I understand. And so basically what happened the next year, we circled around. And then he did ultimately end up at a, at a school that worked for him. But the wake up. Oh, wow. That's yeah, awesome. yeah it did work out. So the wake up call, the wake up oh, call okay. worked like he, the kid did better in school. The next year. His transcript going into January was much stronger. And then wow. they, they made a set more sensible That's targeted right. effort. So it so it worked out. So it was fine. Um, different different horror stories where it didn't work out was I had I had one kid and he was a good hockey player. He, he was quite a good hockey player. And he, he went down to a certain school but every time i turn around there was a problem someone said this so he didn't like that you know he didn't like that he had to wear a certain type of shirt and didn't appreciate that he had to wear this type of pants and didn't like the nature of the pasta in the dining hall so every time it turned around it was one thing after another and ultimately it it when when the hockey season started he felt he was a, a stronger player than he was and when that wasn't coming together the way that he thought it would and he wasn't patient about it he got his Got his knickers in a right royal twist and came home for christmas break and didn't go back <laughs> and so uh the family called and i just said i got no time to hear this i said because that young man uh, had a lot of money and financial aid to go to that school and you guys are walking away from it yeah said, so this is fundamentally wrong i said but if you're going to teach your kid that the solution is everywhere other than in his own chest to the left then there's really something wrong and what i found myself saying to them yeah. was go find a mirror hold it up in front of his face and clearly explain to him that that is where the problem lies. And yeah. no, that's, that's one kid out of, out of hundreds. That's, that's one kid oh, hundreds, that, yes, that maybe sure. uh, finds himself in the three or four category of kids that it doesn't work for. So, you know, yeah. when someone says uh, negative comments about, about, well, I mean, if someone wants to have disparaging comments about evil on old farms, they say that, 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 no, no, not not so because uh, my brother santa went there so you you don't get to say that so <laughs> we've got a track our- well cheers man yeah. <laughs>
0: um you know maybe finally chevy you can dive in obviously you've touched on your work a bit through the whole conversation but you know what exactly is the process that you do for kids trying to go prep and even college d1 d3 or academies that sort of route you know how exactly do you help them well we
1: start with with prep and, and academy type opportunities that's that's where we start we have to because it's it's uh you know when you come out of minor midget, and I do recommend kids play hockey, uh, minor midget hockey here in Ontario. Having said that, um, we did see a couple kids get drafted in the first round of the OHL draft into from prep hockey this year, so maybe things are changing there a little bit, just just optics and, and where people are looking now. But uh, in saying that, we start there because that's the age-appropriate step. That that's the step that that makes sense. I mean, you could be a a sixteen-year-old goaltender that's pretty darn good. You step into even a weak junior league like the province of Ontario is full of those. But if you stepped into a weak junior league, you're still getting shots in 20 year olds. That's a little bit of a pretty big gap there. Right. So end of the day, you you look for that age appropriate hockey. Um, I always start with the transcript and and talk to the family, talk to mom and dad, and just get a sense of what the expectations are and what they're looking for, how they see it. Um, Talk about a few different ideas as to how it can all come together. But that transcript is probably the most important piece. Um, I like to talk to, for goaltenders particularly, I need to talk to their goalie coach. I have to talk to that guy. The reason it's important for me is, is I'm not a goalie coach. Like I, if, if me and you get yeah. together again, you've heard me say to you a hundred times, stop the puck. That's it. That's as, that's as much <laughs> as my insight to what you do is is stop the puck. And uh, so I need to get that reference from there. And I got to get an honest to God opinion from that person. I can't get the the hyped up. Uh, this is my client opinion. I need the, the good, the bad, and the ugly. Where is he good? Where is he weak? What do you see? How high is the ceiling? Where is it going to go? What's it going to look like? You got to get all of those kind of things together. Then yeah. from there, then it's it's actually that the next step in the process happens real fast, like within within minutes in my brain. It's just a matter of saying, okay, this school, this school, this school, and this school are going to have an appetite for this guy. They're going to be interested in this guy. And particularly for yeah. a goaltender, you got to know if the school even needs a guy, right? Like, do they... Do they you know, as you know, prep prep teams will have three goalies, right? So you, you don't know, want to be number usually. three uh, at all. Uh, maybe you don't even yeah, want to end
0: be, up in a bad situation,
1: right? Right. You don't even maybe not want to be number two. So you want to figure out, given the timing and where it's all at, what this is going to look like when you would be incoming when you're going in. So what we do is that we engineer and help to, to orchestrate the situation and, and get it so that the, the literally the file of of the players file ends up on. The right desk of the person that can help us get a good strong decision in favor of yeah. as opposed to what i call file 13 which is the wrong desk and uh, that usually ends up in the garbage so you just want to make sure you're in the right place and that's that's what we do there yeah. then then from the next step is you know nine out of ten kids playing prep hockey and moving on are going to need to play junior hockey somewhere that's just the the particularly if you're going to play for for a great team in, in you know, like the Brooks bandits or in the, in the AJ or the BCHL or wherever um, you're going to need to be yeah. pretty good. And that's going to be kind of intrinsically tied to your age. So, but that step, um, you know, to take that step to, 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 to make a good decision there. I mean, there's, I think, 122 or something like that junior hockey programs across the country here in Canada, like junior a. So you look at that and say, well, some of them are going to be good. Some of them are going to be great some are going to be terrible some are going to be absolutely terrible so where where you want to make a good informed decision there for for that next step and then as we as we said earlier on i mean you know people want to believe maybe that the ncaa is the kinder gentler version of the ohl it's actually not it's not it's not not at all it's big business more unforgiving actually. it is more unforgiving because it's older guy hockey and uh at the end of the day it's big business that's what it is so People have to understand yeah. that and, and 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 understand that you need to be aware of how long that coach has been there, how long he's going to be there, what his record looks like, how it is he dealt with people when he came in, how it is he deals with people yeah. today, how, what kind of turnover is there in players, what kind of turnover is there in staff. There's a ton of questions. And if you don't have those insights, yeah. you can find yourself falling into a negative situation like our family did. I mean, going to University of New Hampshire yeah. was uh, – I mean, you know, you're driving across the bridge, you're looking at sailboats in the bay, the tides out, the the town's beautiful, the campuses lights out, the rink is fantastic. There's all these great things, but you're not going there for that. You're going there to shoot the puck and you're going there to get an education and you need to be aware of all of those other dynamics. So there's a lot of, a lot of pieces that, that come in for the long term, And that's why I, I really do mean when I say I cherish a relationship like I have with you because started in Adam, you know, and. You're twenty seven and we're still talking, we're still relevant to each other. And yeah. That's that's what I look for look for is, is guys that I feel like can can that's a little bit selfish, I say too, because of the nature of how I how I get paid to do this, but at the end of the day, you know, you're looking for a good relationship when it's all said and done. So you feel good about something. If you bump into someone at the rank or whatever the case may be, it, it feels good. Yeah. So
0: yeah.
1: That's that's kind of where it ultimately it ultimately goes. The the hockey may be actually the, the easiest piece of all that. So
0: yeah. Well, I think I should ask, you know, why do you want to do this kind of work? Because there's so many bad actors out there. And the reason I deal with Chevy and, and recommend people to go to him is because number one, he gets results and he has for decades now. And number two is the best intentions and will actually do everything in his power to help you as much as he can if you sort of become a part of his inner circle. So I'm just curious as to why you believe the work you're doing is so important for kids and their families and you know how costly can making the wrong decisions be when you're in the recruiting process? Yeah,
1: the, the reason for me is I just like to see good things happen for people. You know, good things happen for kids and you approach it from a principled perspective, not a circumstantial perspective, but a principled perspective. And you say, these are the main things. These are the things that are going to count, that you're going to have a good hockey opportunity. And that's all you're really going to get, right? You know that. Yeah, you're, you're, opportunity. That's all you're going to have is an opportunity. It's not a, if there's any coaches out there, and this is happening all the time in recruiting today, coaches say oh yeah you're on our top two lines yeah your power play your penalty kill it's incredible like you know at the end of the day if you talk to a recruiter and he leads with something about the power play quite frankly you know he has no clue what he's talking about yeah because end of the day you know power play you're going to fail 80 percent of the time or whatever the number is so it's just a lost opportunity if it doesn't work out well the more important one is the penalty kill because you're at a disadvantage now the coach has got to be able to send people out that he can trust he knows what's going to happen not guys that are fair-weather guys that are that are here when they got an advantage and when they only got four guys, we got five. Look at how great I am. I want to talk to the guy that says to me, yeah, when we're down, I'm the guy you can count on. I'm the guy that's going to make a difference here and the door is closed. They don't get to come in. And that that's the thing there where you have all kinds of these different coaches and people, do they really have a guy's best interest at heart? Well, yes, yeah, some of them do. Some of them really do. As And unfortunately, a lot of them don't. It's just just the way that it is. So you need to have insights as to how to navigate all of that, and that's why I do what I do. I just like to see good things happen. I, I look at my own children, and they've got very very good stories, and things have things have happened well for them, and they're they're well accomplished, and it makes sense. But not everything has been rosy. And um, at the end of the day, when yeah. things go bad for a eighteen nineteen year old hockey player, you know, quite frankly, uh, you're twenty seven now. Who you were at nineteen, drastically different individual. In, in every way, Yeah. it's just the sure. way it is, and that being the case, there's a 19 or 18 year old kid on the other side of some some bad actor's shtick, and and you just look at it and say he the, the kid is the victim, and this guy doesn't care about that. Yeah, and that just, it just yeah I see it all the time yeah too, we see it all, it all the, time, the time, right? And it fundamentally bothers me. That's why I I love the prep hockey loop so much, so much because we know who these people are. We know that we can use these words. We can say to a family. We can trust your son with these people. We can do it, no problem. Why? Because we've already done it. Yeah,
0: sending your kids off. We've already
1: done this. This is not. This is a big deal, but we've already done it, and this is this is why. And honestly, I mean, on our website there, we've got schools that we've dealt with um, in the past. Uh, All all the schools that I've ever attended our our prep showcase in the fall are listed on that site. Mm -hmm. So you can see them. You can see the who's who there. And, uh, but of that list of there, there's probably 25 programs that beyond a shadow of a doubt, I would say to any family, yes, if, the, if this is the situation, and it looks like this is the best fit. The answer is yes, that, that place will, will do the job. It'll work. They'll treat your kid, right. It'll yeah. work for you. No question. So you know, yeah. sometimes you can't always say that, you know, and I find myself lots no. of times saying to a family, well yeah you kind of found this place online and you, you you saw the drone fly over the campus and the picture looks really great and there's a creek out back and the kids are fishing it's great but end of the day you're better served somewhere else don't don't go down that road yeah. there's reasons for that and um yeah and it just is it just is what it is and, and and that that track record speaks for itself so that's why i do it i feel good about it it works and uh it's a great experience and the number of times that I bump into guys along the way, and they say they say thanks uh, for for all that you did along the way here. Yeah, and I'm just a piece. I'm not the piece. Honestly, to God, I'm not the piece. I'm just a piece. So you know, a- along the way, uh, you're gonna have good people. Every player will have good people along the way. You'll have good coaches. You'll have good 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 mentor or a good neighbor. Who knows who it is? Uh, your girlfriend's dad. God only knows who's it gonna be some people are going to be pieces of your puzzle and that'll make up the picture that's you. And that's the way that it will be. Yeah. So I just want to be a positive piece of people's puzzles. And, uh, you know, over the years I've, I've had to monetize it cause I can't take time like that. Like it doesn't, happen overnight yeah, and, no, it takes, it takes a, lot a lot of time a lot yeah. of
0: effort, a lot of time building those relationships yep. traveling setting everything it really up. does yeah. and,
1: and that's that's the reason why it's kind of turned into what it's turned into today is a, a business so to speak but um yeah. yeah that's why i do it i guess i don't know if i've answered that adequately or not but that's that's the no
0: for sure you have good intentions because uh and, and, and this is why I send people to Dave and even why I started my pages, because uh, there's a lot of fluff out there and a lot of misleading information. Um, and, and a lot of people will trick you too to spend money. Right. Like we always say, you know, and I believe this, too, like you need to have some skin in the game, but you also need to do your work and do your due diligence on who you're working with. But yeah, when it comes to having some skin in the game. Right. I think back to that showcase prep college tour you yep. ran. Right. Like I didn't even have an agent or nope. nothing right at the time. You know, paid for a tournament, fool while we're there. My family spent some money to get that opportunity. You know, we were willing to invest in an opportunity to possibly get more exposure. We had skin in the game, yep. right? And and look what happened. Yep. Literally, because we were willing to invest a bit into my career, you know, I, I had an opportunity of a lifetime to play at one of the best prep schools in New England. Yep. You know, one of the best teams in all of Canadian junior hockey and one of the best schools to play at in college hockey. And it was all because me and my family were willing to take that chance. And we trusted Dave and so, have, you know, hundreds of other people. And and Dave has just an incredibly strong track record, helping kids get to the next level. And like I said at the beginning of the episode, you know, I honestly trust him with my life. Like, I really do. And if people out there want to get to the next level, you only get one shot at getting to the next level, yep. right? And... And you ask all the older guys that listen to my podcast, they all come to me saying they wish they knew these things. They wish they knew these people, et cetera. You know, they tell me they wish they could go back. Yeah. And, and I'm telling all you goalies listening to this podcast that you need to invest in your career. But if you ever want to go far, you need to play in the right places at the right time with the right people. And for most people, that location is not always right in the back, right in your backyard. And it wasn't for any of our families that were in Toronto whose kids went to prep school, right? So um, if you're looking to get to the next level, you have to find ways to put the odds in your favor with good people who have good intentions that aren't in it for the money. And as Dave mentioned, we're both in this to change lives, right? We know exactly what's on the other side of going through these programs. And, you know, I went. Back to my five year reunion the year I graduated from UVM. Yeah. Right. Just to thank all of my teachers and coaches. And and I really felt like I needed to let them know how grateful I was for that place and and what they did for me, you know? And and I plan on going back to Avon Old Farms for every five year reunion until the day I die. That's how grateful I am to that place. Yeah. And and those people and the opportunity I had to go there. And I attribute so much to the reason. Um, I ended up there to Dave for creating an opportunity, uh, for me like that. And I know Chevy is still in this line of work and he's already been working with a few members of my inner circle and they're already blown away by how connected Dave is and how helpful he is in in the recruiting process and getting on coaches radars, finding a good fit. Um, Dave, you're open to working with new kids, correct? Yeah, that's,
1: that's, that's exactly what we do. So, um, with goaltenders, I gotta be, I'm not going to say careful, maybe aware is, is more of it, right? Because obviously intrinsic to your position, there's only two on the team. So it's not yeah, like there's exactly. eight, eight D rostered and, and 12 forwards or 15 forwards. There's like two goaltenders and maybe a third one, but yeah. that is what it is. So, um, yeah, so you gotta be aware that there's limits as to, to, in good conscience, I can't take on a boatload of, of goaltenders just cause that's not the way that it, it'll work out. But, uh, yeah, I, I do yeah. absolutely work with, with new guys every year. I, have a, a number of new goaltenders that come and come on board and that that's yeah that's the business that's the way it works
0: well maybe you can dive into exactly you know who from my audience should be considering the work with you you know who who listening right now um should maybe reach out to you and get in touch with you ask some questions yeah so
1: as far as as far as where they're at um academically that that's not a deal breaker uh, at all it's just a matter of how it can be positions coming out the other side so if you're a a guy that wants to achieve and you're not doing all that great in school right now and you need to do better, that, that guy I'm eager to hear from, quite honestly. Uh, but the guy that's already doing great in school, eager to hear from him too. Um, guy that's playing playing a good level of hockey right now uh, or is capable of playing a good level of hockey right now. Like, I understand the politics of certain situations and the way that things go. Yeah, uh, so sure. A guy that's maybe playing double-A hockey right now may be a triple-A caliber goaltender but just hasn't had the bona fide opportunity yet to, to get there that's where that goalie coach comes in hard because he can say to me, yeah, I work with pros, junior guys, uh, prep guys, uh, minor midget, man, whatever. He's going to have a, a wide array of players there at different levels, and he's going to have a pretty good fix of where the guy fits in. So any guy that's that's aspiring to be something, playing at a pretty good level, yeah, that, that's a good, a good candidate there as well. And, um, you know, for, as far as ages go – um, you know, if you're a, a guy in grade 12 and you're looking for a post-grad opportunity as a goaltender, I think that that's a very good situation to be in. I really do. I, I find a lot of times, particularly with young competitive hockey players, the player, sometimes parents, maybe maybe these days it's a little split of both. Um, it's, it's ego-driven and they're in a rush to get somewhere, but they don't know where somewhere is and they just are looking for a letter. You know, you may be looking for junior A or something like that as opposed to look into the situation. I mean, if you take a look at yeah, a guy that's the right, fit. yeah, you got to find that right fit. I mean, opti- optically, if you're a young goaltender, but you go play uh, junior, a hockey for a relatively weak team, because they're willing to take you and you go there and you get pumped on goals and you come out of there with a, with a 5.02 goals against average per game. Who's interested in you now? So I look at that and say, son, you're probably way better served to have played u 18 hockey and, had a very different number so don't be in a rush to get to nowhere be in a in a be in a rush to get to somewhere good and sensible and appropriate where optically you can put the numbers you need to put up there so you can be identified and recognized for exactly what you are so that being the case a a kid that's maybe in grade 12 and looking for a post-grad opportunity that's a that's a I, i like that age and then i like the other end of the scale the younger guy that's maybe in maybe in bantam going into minor midget that's a good age too his minor midget year may be set as to where he's going to play. And that's fine. It's not a problem. But the thing is, is to get that information and have the time to be able to process it and go and investigate places and, and do it not as a reaction. Cause you're running out of time, but doing it proactively because you've got time and you can make a good decision here. Like we already said. So yeah, those guys as well. So yeah, we're looking for guys that want to achieve. Like as far as a guy that says, yeah, I want uh, to go to a place where the coach tells me I'm the starter and, it's a 70 30 split and i'm getting this and i'm getting that yeah i'm not that interested right now in that kind of talk yeah i'm more interested in a guy that says i got to go find a place where i can create my opportunity and this is who i want to be and i just want to find the place the best yeah. place to do it but okay then then that's yeah. that's that's more of the talk we're looking for for sure yeah so
0: absolutely and uh yeah i mean you got to work with people who who know their way around the circuit you know dave's son Uh, was committed to UNH at at 16 or 15 years old. So he's well familiar with the college circuit. He's well familiar with all the prep schools. He helped me get there. And um, if you guys are interested, I know he can help you. So Dave, thank you for coming on the show, buddy. Just so awesome to reconnect more as of lately. I wanted to have you on to to really teach these guys, you know, uh, shed some light on the opportunity that's out there for them like you showed me. And I just want to say thank you again for for changing my life. Start me on the road to play college hockey in the U.S. But um, if people are interested in getting in touch with you uh, to ask more questions about what you offer, how you can help them in their journey, or if it's a good fit, where can people reach you online?
1: Yeah, so the website is uh, North. This is long and arduous, this domain name. So please, everybody, please forgive me. However, it's what I have. So it's uh, North American Screaming Eagles.com. So once again, that's NorthAmericanScreamingEagles.com, and on the contact page, my cell number is there, um, as is my email address, and you can you can fill in a little the the form is there, and you can click submit, and then I'll, I'll see that message via email, and then um, yeah, we can that that's the the, the way to to reach me. As you would said earlier on, I'm not the social media guru. I probably should be better at that than I than I am. I'm I just I'm just not. <laughs> so um, at, at the end of the day um you know from the website you get some insights as to kind of the principles that we foster and that we hold tightly to and the things we've done for years and years and years uh that'll give people some insights there and then if they're interested to contact me for sure i'm, I'm more than open to a to a conversation i like it actually and um yeah. you know they're more than happy to call or email or whatever and we can we can go from right there. on yeah
0: right on we'll yeah. s- send chevy an email if you have any questions or concerns he's he's a really nice guy and we'll respond to all of you guys, and I'll make sure to provide all the links in the show notes, so it's easier for everyone to access. But he's been on—he's uh, been an absolute pipeline, sending some of the best athletes to prep, junior A, and Division One colleges the last two decades. He really has an eye for talent and has the resume to back that up. Chevy, I'm grateful for you coming on, and it's always a pleasure talking about some old times. Maybe somewhere down the road. You know we'll have you back on to to dive more into some junior a recruiting with the Brooks bandits.
1: Yeah, I'd love I love to do that. And you know what? I mean, obviously you're a great goaltender, you're a great guy, you come from a great family and uh, it but it's uh honest to god, brother, it's an honor and a privilege to speak to you on this podcast and it's the first podcast I've ever done by the way. It's kind of fun, but uh, <laughs> and I do I do apologize for all the grief I caused you because we tried to get this thing going for two hours before I kind of waded through my technology and figured it out for the <laughs> love of God. But anyway, we got there and I do appreciate that. But you know, I love you. Like you're my own son. And uh, I, yeah, I really look it, forward buddy. to seeing your brother. We'll, uh, we'll keep her going.
0: Yeah. All right, man. Well, you take care Dave and uh, be safe. We'll chat soon, buddy. Okay, my brother. Take care. Thanks for tuning into this week's episode, guys. If you like what you heard today, make sure to hit that subscribe button as we have tons of amazing guests lined up ready to come onto the show in the next few months. Make sure to tune in next week and every Tuesday from now on at 8 a.m. As next week, I actually have you guys as guests on the show. And that's right. Our first Goalie Hacks podcast Q&A segment is going to be released. I've received several great questions now and I'm ready to finally record our inaugural Q&A segment. And if you guys want an opportunity to be featured on the Q&A segment in the future, uh, just head to speakpipe.com slash goaliehacks to record your question and send it in and have a chance to get your clip featured on the show. Um, You guys are going to love this one. Super happy to feature you guys and a little bit of a change-up than uh, what we've had uh, over the last six months, so make sure to tune back next week without further ado here are the giveaway details for the neurotracker x subscriptions we're giving away every week and to enter the giveaway if you're an apple user simply go to the apple podcast app on your phone and leave us a written review and rating and if you're an android user you can also download itunes onto your computer and leave a review and rating on there as well and once you leave a review of the podcast take a screenshot of it and either email it to goaliehacks at gmail.com or DM me on Instagram with your screenshot and your full name. If you guys are also interested in getting started with the product, feel free to hit me up either by email or on Instagram. Direct messages to get more details. Get excited, guys. Great things ahead. I hope you enjoyed today's show, and I'll see you next week.